0: This day that will live in infamy. We welcome you in. It is the Y'all Show on a December 7th. I'm John Rawl, and we'll be walking you through what's going on across the nation. Of course, we'll reflect on this day in history, December 7th, 1941, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. As a big fan of history, I'm sure you'll understand our reason to bring up that day where World War II hit our shores. And this country was never, never the same. We've got all that coming up here. Hope you're doing well. It is a very nice day. It looks like ahead for most of the region. A little, little jacket type day for most of us, but that's quite all right. We'll take it over the uh, the the snow that could be falling. Well, we did have some snow in our mountainous areas of the south in the last couple of days. So, hey, it is uh, basically we're on the doorstep of winter, and so we'll we'll accept. Whatever Mother Nature's got planned for us. we got on this Thursday edition of the Y'all Show news headlines from across the Southeast that we'll be jumping into. And in our headlines today, we'll bring you up to date on an abortion issue going on in Texas that's going to get a lot of attention. This is a life-threatening issue where a pregnant woman is asking the Supreme Court of Texas to let her have an abortion because of an exception going on with her health so we'll give you we'll give you the latest out of texas on that today is hanukkah as hanukkah begins at sunset we'll give you a little history lesson on the history of hanukkah and somewhere in today in the programming today i'm gonna have to throw out a little adam sandler and his hanukkah song because it's a it's a good one and it's funny and i don't think it demeans hanukkah it just helps all of us who may not be jewish understand a little bit more about the faith and some of the famous people that are part of it. So it is Hanukkah, and that begins today. We'll have maybe a little spotlight of some of our most famous Southerners who are Jewish. We've got a lot, and you know what? Jews have been a big part of the South since right when we got going here in this part of the world. Tragedy out of the state of Mississippi. We'll tell you how an 11-year-old boy there was killed by his 12-year-old sister while rabbit hunting. Mm got that story coming we have an update from north carolina over the summer three u.s marine corps soldiers or yeah marine i guess they're just called the marines three marines were found dead in a car in north carolina and we've got an update as autopsy results have been finalized and sadly we got that story another sad story out of georgia a gainesville high school red elephant baseball player declared brain dead after a baseball-related accident. We've got that story from Georgia that we'll tell you about in our headlines today. Also, the final version of the AP African American Studies course, we've got some info on that that we'll be sharing. Colin Kaepernick ought to be pretty happy about that. Speaking of sports, we've got several sports stories from South Carolina to pass along. An update on the Carolina Panthers as they're going to abandon Spartanburg. And that's a big, big, big hit to the local economy. I can't believe they're doing this. We've got that story from the NFL. A legend in Clemson baseball world, Doug Kingsmore, has passed away. We've got that. And then for Gamecock fans, for decades now, a guy named known as Gamecock Jesus has been at virtually every South Carolina sporting event And this man known as Gamecock Jesus, who was right there, especially in basketball, on the baseline at men's and women's games. Gamecock Jesus has died. We'll fill you in on that story from the state of South Carolina. Some positive sports news. The MTSU Blue Raiders have announced Derek Mason as new coach. We've got some details. If that name sounds familiar, he was the head coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores up until a couple of years ago. And now... He's found himself a new job in the 615 area code. (laughs) So we got that. Speaking of the state of Tennessee, a bill introduced to make Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree an official Tennessee song. I'll have that. Plus, McDonald's is going to release a new chain, a new beverage-friendly chain. And I don't know if it's coming to the south or testing it out in Yankee land right now. But I'm going to tell you about Cosmics. And what that restaurant chain could be all about and if it will be a success. Those are some of our news headlines that we'll be sending your way today. Here in Hour One, we also have an update from Nashville with all the country music news and notes. And we got even more information on Brenda Lee that we'll be telling you about. Some additional stuff to tell you about Little Miss Dynamite. Plus, the entertainment industry mourning the loss at 101 years old Norman Lear died on Wednesday. We'll tell you about the incredible career this guy had in Hollywood and beyond in our entertainment report, our Nashville Music Line report also. Before hour one is up today, we've got our Southern political report. We've got more reaction coming in from Wednesday's GOP debate on the campus of the University of Alabama. Chris Christie brought out the heavy ammunition to attack others, especially Vivek Ramaswamy. We will have reaction. We'll even have some audio from Wednesday's News Nation debate in our Southern Political Report. Plus, we've got big news out of Nashville as a familiar face in politics in Metro Nashville is going to try to one-up a job that they had in the past, a job that they kind of got kicked out of. (laughs) We'll give you the latest out of Tennessee Politics in our Southern Political Report, all coming up In this opening hour, and quickly we'll tell you that in hour two, we've got a look at our festivals across the southeast. Oh, it's a perfect weekend for the Polish Winter Festival. Oh, I'll tell you where that is, as well as a Dickens Christmas Festival taking place in the southeast. This weekend, our three today, Kiefer Ingalls will be making a heroic return to the y'all show as he's going to come on and give us the latest in college football news and set us up for this weekend's Army-Navy game. Go Army, beat Navy. Or should it be go Navy, beat Army? I, uh, I, I just say beat VMI is all I have to say. We are going to talk college football and news from that sport and other sports going on. Kiefer Ingalls. Dropping by in hour number three, plus we've got hashtag Hullabaloo, and we're going to talk about Southern Jewish food at Hanukkah. All that's coming up right here on Y'all. To involve yourself with the Y'all Show, easy to do. You can text us, 615-208-4184. You can email us, m a i l at you com. Mail at you com. The way to get in touch with us here via the good old email Option let's pick up our news headlines today and it is December 7th It was on this day in 1941 that the Japanese Empire launched a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor and the Navy base there and they sank a lot of lot of ships there and the USS Arizona was one of them and that of course still a memorial there in Pearl Harbor in Hawaii and it was a horrible day in American history when the Arizona, the Utah, and others were all struck by the Japanese military, and that launched this country into World War II. Now, today, we still have a very, very small amount of survivors of World War II, and we even have even less survivors of the attack on Pearl Harbor. And so there will be a very, very small presence of those survivors marking the anniversary as this is what the 80, 82nd anniversary today of the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. So let's keep that in mind today. You'll see flags fly and half staff for some of the day around the country. And we shall never forget what happened that the Japanese felt that they had to attack this country. Their objective was to come in knock out the United States Navy to where the Navy would not have any kind of force in the Pacific. And it would lead to virtually a surrender before we, as a country, this country, got into the into the battle. The amazing thing that happened was none of the aircraft carriers that were supposed to be in Pearl Harbor on December 7th were there. They were out at sea. And that was a blessing. And so the Japanese did not meet their main objective, which was to knock out the air, aircraft carriers. And it also did what it, it did the opposite of what the Japanese thought they would do. They thought this country would be put on its knees and beg Japan, please don't attack us. Please don't invade our Pacific coast. Please don't take over Hawaii. The opposite happened. It, it galvanized this country. It, it ticked us off. And as a result of ticking us off, we went, and it took a couple of years, but we absolutely destroyed Japan. And along the way, Adolf Hitler decided, hey, America, since Japan's my ally, they're an Axis power with me. I'm going to declare war on you. And we know what happened with Germany in World War II. We know what happened with Italy. The United States became the leader of the 20th century by by every measure, and destroyed those countries, and it took it took everybody. It took everybody. It took all the men who went and died. It took all the women here on the home front, the Rosie the Riveters of the world, to help keep this country going, and those women who also served in organizations like WAC and the various women's auxiliary forces that were saving lives. The Red Cross workers as well, the leadership of this country. We were in sync back in the 1940s during World War II, and you compare that to today, it's not not a pretty sight. Now we have not had a Pearl Harbor. The only thing close to it was 9 11, and that was bad. That was absolutely bad, but that still was not a entire. Country slash multiple countries teaming up to go against you. That was a ragtag group of people who brought us to our knees, absolutely they did, and it doesn't take an entire nation or army to bring the United States to its knees as we saw on September 11th. But we did not blink when it came time, when it, it was gut check time in 1941 and 42 to get our act together, and what an amazing job this country did, and Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941, the day that will live in infamy, as President Roosevelt called it when he spoke before Congress and asked for a declaration of war, of which was granted, and we will never forget that day in history. Also in our headlines today, we want to let you know about how a woman who is currently pregnant in Texas is suing, and this pregnant woman whose fetus has a fatal diagnosis has now asked a court to let her have an abortion, and this would be what many think would be the first lawsuit of its kind post-Roe v. Wade. Texas is one of 13 states that ban abortion at all, or at nearly all stages of pregnancy, There are some exceptions in Texas. Doctors and women have argued in court this year that the law in Texas is so restrictive and vaguely worded that physicians are fearful of providing abortions lest they face potential criminal charges. 31-year-old Kate Cox is right now 20 weeks pregnant and has been told by doctors that her baby is likely to be stillborn or live for a week at most. And her suit says that doctors told her their hands are tied under Texas's abortion ban. The lawsuit reads, Kate Cox needs an abortion, and she needs it now. And so she's pushing this through. We'll keep our eye on where this goes in Texas. The lawsuit filed a week after the Texas Supreme Court heard arguments about whether the ban is too restrictive for women with pregnancy complications. And this woman has a very unusual health issue that's caused this pregnancy to be at risk. She learned she was pregnant for a third time in August and was told weeks later that the baby was at a high risk for a condition known as trisomy 18, which has a very high likelihood of miscarriage or stillbirth and a low survival rate. I think I saw it was like 10% of, of um, fetuses survive to adulthood after having this condition. So we'll keep our eye on the courts of Texas and see where this goes as this woman suing now to have an abortion in the Lone Star State. We've got more headlines lined up for you as we continue on on today's y'all show. We've got plenty of other important news. We've got some sports-related news that we'll be passing along as well. We've got it all coming your way, but we're going to take a break now and come back with more entertainment news of the day as we've got news out of Nashville and Norman Lear passes away on Wednesday at the ripe old age of 101 and we'll tell you about some of the great work that Lear did in his career and how Hollywood now mourning the loss of this incredible executive and the great TV shows that he brought forward during his time period. All that ahead as we continue with more of the show about the South.
1: Everybody's looking As she goes by They turn their heads And they watch her Till she's gone Lord have mercy Baby's got her blue jeans on Up by the bus stop And across the street Open up their She goes walking, rocking like a rolling stone. Heaven help us, baby's got her blue jeans
0: on. That one was going up the chart big this time in 1984 for Oklahoma's own Mel McDaniel. And I'm going to go ahead and warn you this is, for most of you, a very bad visual. But on this Thursday, December 7th, uh, Johnny here, he's got his blue jeans on, baby. (laughs) I don't wear blue jeans that often, maybe one day a week, possibly two. There are some of you out there who, that's all you wear. You even wear your blue jeans to church. Shame, shame, shame. Just kidding. No, not really. I mean, I don't know if blue jeans should be worn in church, but there are even pastors out there that wear blue jeans at church. I guess the board's not going to keep you from entering the pearly gates if you've got a pair of blue jeans on. But what a fantastic song from Mr. McDaniel way back in the early 1980s. We got, speaking of good music and good fun, right now on the Y'all Show in our opening hour on this Thursday, we got to look at some of our entertainment headlines of the day. And sadly, we found out on Wednesday that Norman Lear passed away. Norman Lear. Was a longtime TV producer and brought so much love and so much great entertainment to millions and millions of people around the entire world. He died at the age of 101, an iconic TV sitcom and movie producer. Lear passing away peacefully. And wow, what an impact he had with shows like All in the Family of which he. Wildly successful sitcoms that he produced, The Jeffersons. He also produced the most famous 70s show that I loved, which was Sanford and Son. And he also showed up a little bit on the screen. And wow, what a tremendous, tremendous career for Norman Lear. A statement from the family said, Norman lived a life of curiosity, tenacity, and empathy. He deeply loved our country and spent a lifetime helping to preserve its founding ideals of justice and equality for all. He began his career in the earliest days of live television and discovered a passion for writing about the real lives of Americans, not a glossy ideal. At first, his ideas were met with closed doors and misunderstanding. However, he stuck to his conviction that the foolishness of the human condition made great television, and eventually, he was heard. And boy, was he. Wow, what a tremendous, tremendous career. And probably that show that gets the most credit for Norman Lear is all in the family. And the controversial topics that were brought up in that show, topics like, at the time, racism, feminism, social inequalities, you meathead, you, Uh, it had a lot of very tough subjects that carol o'connor and rob reiner and others brought to life on that very famous show all in the family and i think and i'm having to go way back in the day i do believe that show came on after 60 minutes on sundays i think i'm right on that of course in syndication a long time and then he had mauled and then the black comedies like good times And Sanford and Son, wow, Red Fox, what an amazing job he and uh, Desmond Wilson and others did on that tremendous, tremendous show. He had a 2014 memoir out, Norman Lear did, called Even This I Get to Experience, and in that he attributed the success of his series to stories drawn from the real experiences of his writers that lent to the authenticity of the characters they developed. A long, long career and a very successful life for Norman Lear, who died earlier this week at the ripe age of 101 years old. Also, a Texan making some headlines here, a Texan with some Tinseltown connections, and that's Jamie Foxx. He is out of the Dallas area, and he is now marking the incredible recovery that he's had He's been a sick puppy the last year and a half, and he's marking his recovery and his new respect for life following his health crisis. The Oscar-winning actor making a surprise appearance at the Critics' Choice Association's Celebration of Cinema and TV event, and he had, again, this awful health scare earlier this year. And at this award ceremony, Jamie Foxx, received the Vanguard Award for his performance in the film The Burial. And this was the first major public event that Fox has attended since he was hospitalized back in April in Atlanta with an undisclosed medical condition. And now he's out attending award show. And Fox there on stage said, I've been through something. I've been through some things. You know, it's crazy. I couldn't do that six months ago. I couldn't actually walk. I'm not a clone. I'm not a clone. I know a lot of people who were saying I was cloned out there. <laughs> the star was referencing his role in the Netflix project They Cloned Tyrone, which has resulted in some outlandish theories about his hospitalization. But, yes, it is a uh, a very good thing to see Jamie Foxx out and about. And so now that he's been seen publicly, we wish him another continued recovery and can't wait to see him back doing more movies and other roles that he may have because he's got a very bright future and has had a very successful past (laughs) to add on to all his accolades Jamie Foxx, good to see him out and about. John Party has released a new animated Christmas video, Beer for Santa Party saying it just feels old school and classic like how. You used to watch Rudolph and the other holiday cartoons, but with a new and slightly more mature twist on it. Okay, I love Rudolph. And so I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, Rudolph used to always come on, what, the Friday after Thanksgiving, but a week after. So that would mean maybe it came on this past Friday. Maybe it's coming on. <laughs> it's just a great tradition that we have here on CBS, the network that airs that, I do believe. But John Party. With his first animated music video, Beer for Santa. And I love that. You know, if you want to see a good country music music video and that's animated and has a Christmas theme to it, you gotta go back to the late great Joe Diffie and Leroy the Redneck Reindeer. That's an awesome music video that's animated and perfect for Christmas. Leroy the Redneck Reindeer. (laughs) Played that a lot during my good days at country music television in the 1990s. And you can uh, go on YouTube and find it and have a nice chuckle, too. But this one for John Party is called Beer for Santa, and it is out now. Check it out. Also in music news, how about Walker Montgomery? If you're not familiar with him, he is the son of John Michael Montgomery. And he has now made his Grand Ole Opry debut. So kudos to this Kentucky native. And I saw Walker just earlier this year, I guess it would have been. And he is trying to make a name for himself in Nashville. I saw him out at a, I guess it would have been a showcase for a new act called Tiger Lily Rose, I think is their name. They've got a song in the top 40 right now. It's a sister act. And I went to the little showcase for this off of Music Row, and I saw Walker in there. I interviewed Walker a few years ago, so that's, who I, that's how I know who he is. Good-looking young guy, and he's John Michael's son. I don't think he's got the dimples like John Michael Montgomery, sadly Walker. But he is still making a name for himself. He's got a great career ahead of him if he wants to keep trucking along. The 24-year-old Nicholasville, Kentucky native, walker montgomery in fact john michael and his uncle eddie of montgomery gentry fame introduced him onto the grand old Opry stage and he got to sing right there on that sacred grand old opera circle so kudos kudos for walker montgomery his his mom and dad his sister who recently got married his grandparents on hand in nashville to see him sing work to do and tired of you. That's his new work that he's got out to do, that he's got out for country radio and more, and just a nice guy. He is a big Kentucky Wildcat football fan. He and I had a nice conversation about that in the past, so he ought to be excited that Kentucky's playing in the Gator Bowl against Clemson this year. Walker Montgomery and go check out his newest song, Work to Do, and I think you'll like him. He's John Michael's son. He doesn't wear a cowboy hat, but he's got a bright future ahead of him. And congratulations on making his grand old Opry debut this past weekend. I saw the Opry some on Saturday night. And how about Winona Judge? She was on there. And she is a funny lady. I- I'm hoping Winona will continue to tour. She's got her hubby there playing drums Former Highway one oh one member Cactus, I guess Highway One O One has disbanded, but Winona married Cactus, Cactus Moser, and he's back there banging the drums for her on the opera stage. And she she did a great job. In fact, one of the reasons Winona was on stage is there's a new Judd's tribute album that's just now coming out. And they got a bunch of people involved with it, including Laney Wilson as one of the singers. And Laney was on the Opry this past weekend. But We Yearwood kind of surprised the audience and came out and joined Wynonna on stage to sing one of the Judd's great songs of the 1980s. And that was a nice thing. Wynonna and Trisha Yearwood are kind of BFFs. And they had a good time out there on the Opry stage. But a, a nice If you get a chance, kudos to Circle Network. They put up the Opry performances on YouTube. If nothing else, you can go Google that and watch, but very impressed with Winona and I'm very impressed also that Circle and the Opry allowed her to sing roughly five or six songs up there on this past weekend's performance, so some must-see TV. Let's keep it country for one more story here on this Thursday Y'all Show. Brenda Lee, I got some Brenda Lee news to tell you about now. I got some Brenda Lee news to tell you about later on in the Y'all Show. So I'm going to go ahead and do story number one from Brenda Lee, the country music legend, and rocking around the Christmas tree, Songstress. So how about this? A reminder, we told you about this on Wednesday Y'all Show, but in case you missed it, since this is our entertainment report, once again, it's just mind-blowing that this 82-year-old singer, I believe she was born in 41, this 82-year-old singer, who's still with us, thankfully, Brenda Lee has now hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with her Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. And that is 65 years after it first came out. Brenda Lee, with a quote, says, This is amazing. I cannot believe that Rockin' has hit number one 65 years after it was released. Well, believe it, Brenda Lee. Believe it. (laughs) You've done something that you've topped Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey, who all I want for Christmas is you, topped the chart originally in the early 90s, and then some 20-something years later, it hit number one. Well, now Brenda Lee's outdone Mariah. And wow, what a what an incredible incredible job that she's had for that. She re-released this song for the 65th anniversary of Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree and she even filmed a new music video to go along with it. And the aforementioned Trisha Yearwood and Tanya Tucker are in this new music video for Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. So maybe that's what's kind of getting this thing going for her. She released Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree way back in 1958. And the writer of the song, Johnny Marks, who was Jewish, wrote the song, which made its way onto the radio airplay chart two years after the singer released it. So that's pretty wild that it took a while for it to get going. But boy, it is a Christmas staple. And it becomes her third number one song in her career. Brenda Lee out of Georgia and her Little Miss Dynamite. She is not, you know, I should Google that real quick. She's called, that's her nickname, Little Miss Dynamite. She is, let's see if I can't easily find this. Brenda Lee Height. Let's see what it says here four foot nine (laughs) i knew she was small uh but that's pretty awesome and she know she might be in stature four foot nine but right now she's on top of the world and kudos to you brenda lee we we love stories like this and that's why we do what we do here at the y'all show in our entertainment news of the day to put smiles on faces and entertain when we come back we've got A smile or two to put on a few faces, not many though. We've got our Southern political report and I've got some reaction to Wednesday's GOP debate that happened in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Ooh, Chris Christie was on a roll. We've got some audio highlights that we'll be playing. All that as we close out this opening hour of the Y'all show. Sweet Home Alabama Wednesday night there at the University of Alabama. Roll tide roll when they play this song there in Brian Denny Stadium. It wasn't that football that folks had for once in a blue moon in Tuscaloosa County. It was politics, Republican politics front and center at the capstone as four candidates for president found their way to Tuscaloosa for the News Nation debate, the fourth GOP debate of this election cycle. And it was Chris Christie on stage, Vivek Ramaswamy, you had the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, and Nikki Haley all up there. You did not have President Trump as he was off raising money on Wednesday evening. But we've got some audio now coming in from the News Nation debate that I'm going to play you a... A real quick clip, but I really thought the star of this, in my opinion, was Chris Christie. He came out punching, and this this guy is rather sharp. I know he's against Trump, and I know his whole purpose is to bring down Trump, but he does it in a way that, well, he sounds like a tough guy from New Jersey, and maybe, maybe he is, <laughs> but let's go in and hear just a little sample of Wednesday night's debate from News Nation and then I've got some post-debate interview information to pass along that Chris Christie did with Dana Bash of CNN that I tuned in and saw Wednesday. Here is some of that debate from Tuscaloosa, Alabama.
2: Look, father time is undefeated. I don't know how he would score on a on a test, but I know this. We have an opportunity to nominate someone and elect someone for two terms who's going to be spitting nails on day one and for eight years so deliver you, you. big fit. result. You we should think. not laminate somebody he won't who's, is, who's, who's almost 80 years old. Okay. He's afraid to answer. No, I'm not. He's, no, you have no. to. Either, either you're afraid or you're not listening. No, it's not. There's a simple you don't, you don't question. Want to you hey, hey nobody can hear right. this. No one that. can hear you. They can't hear you. You
1: finish and then you get it
2: back. All right. You know, look, I'm a simple guy. Okay, I hear the question and I answer it. Is he fit or isn't he? I'll concede, you're fit, Ron. You're a new generation. You're 44 (laughs) years old. I wish I was still 44 years old, okay? 45. So, well, congratulations, I'd still take 45. Is he fit or isn't he? And this is the problem with my three colleagues. They're afraid to offend. And see, let I me wanna, tell you I something. I if, you're afraid, afraid, on, yes. if you're afraid to offend Donald Trump, then what are you going to do when you sit across from President Xi, you sit across from the Ayatollah, you sit across from Putin? You have to be willing to offend with the truth. Okay. And There's answer the question. Okay, of-
1: thanks so much for watching. Go-
0: All right. Thank you for that. And that, again, is from Wednesday's GOP debate that took place at... The University of Alabama Chris Christie coming out strong I think most pundits said three of the four had great performances and those would be Christie Haley and DeSantis Vivek Ramaswamy I think I heard the description he is a uh, DUI driver just right, kind of on his way to a crash that's how someone something like that I heard it described he I still like the guy. I think he's pretty sharp. Here is Chris Christie after the debate ended. Dana Bash of CNN caught up with him, and he was firing after the debate ended. Let's go in and hear a clip of this, courtesy of CNN. Glad to be here, Dana. As we
1: were just watching that moment, uh, I was saying to you, it was almost as if you were the uh, fourth moderator in that debate.
2: Well, it's not a role I want to play, but I'm sick and tired of being at these debates and watching the other three folks who are on the stage not willing to answer the questions. The voters who are watching deserve to hear an answer. And especially on something like that, Ron's trying to play both sides of the middle, and so is Nikki. They don't want to say he's unfit because they don't want to offend anyone. Well, you have no business being the President of the United States if you don't have the principles to stand up for what you believe in, even if it might offend some people, and even if it might make them boo you, which I got tonight, and I don't care
1: you've gotten it a lot every time you mention Trump's name
2: that's fine because wherever you are you know what they're offended by you know what they're booing they're booing the truth they're booing the truth because they're in denial he is going to be a convicted felon come this spring and what I said in my closing statement is absolutely true he will be a candidate if he's our nominee who won't be able to vote for himself why would anybody else vote for him
1: you mentioned Nikki Haley I want to play part of you coming to her defense pretty aggressively in this debate
2: He has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence, not her positions, her basic intelligence. If you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. (laughs) And while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be President of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting her. How
0: about that? That, again, from Wednesday's debate and some highlights there from CNN after Chris Christie got off stage and in that particular clip they were going after Vivek Ramaswamy and some of the comments he made about Haley in that debate. But all in all... Some fireworks should be some good fodder. Is this going to make any difference whatsoever? Doubtful. I saw some video of Trump from the last 24 to 48 hours, and he was in a restaurant in. I don't know what town was that in Iowa. The Davenport. He was in Davenport, Iowa, and he was taking pictures and doing selfies and more. It's pretty Trumpy there. What he was doing this week. One quick note out of Metro Nashville, the former mayor of Nashville, Megan Barry, she's the lady that had to resign because of an affair that she had with a bodyguard for her. Megan Barry has officially announced her campaign for Congress. She did this Wednesday on X. She's going to be running for Tennessee's seventh congressional district that is currently held by Republican Mark Green. So Megan Barry trying to rise from the ashes and run for Congress. She's a Democrat. We'll keep you posted on what happens there. That wraps up Hour 1. We'll be back with Hour 2 after this. is Hour 2 of our program called Y'all. John Rawl is my name. I'm the General of all things Southern, and it's great to have you back aboard as we have this program out on awesome radio stations in the region, and we've got it also in podcast form throughout the entire galaxy. And you can find the Y'all Show on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, plus Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and at y'all.com. We... Put the South first on this program. You know, a lot of programs, a lot of networks, a lot of media enterprises do nothing but try to bring the South down. No, no, not in here. We ain't going to do that here, y'all. We're going to defend Dixie, and that's what we do each and every day. Now, we're not perfect. We've got our problems. No, no, no duh, but we generally try to give you a positive spin and and kind of what's going on in the South, we put the South and all of our headlines here first, and we do it in a positive way and a fun way we We try to, and we thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us here on the show that shakes the Southland here an hour or two we've got more headlines that we've got coming your way. We also have our festive south feature where we walk through various festivals going on across the southeast this weekend, most of which are Christmas-related, as you would expect now that we're what are we going to be hitting the double digits of December. We'll be somewhere around December 10th and 11th this weekend, so it will be a big-time two-week heads-up of Christmas this weekend. The We have, before the hour is up, a look at what's on the website, y'all.com, that is our power presenter of this show about the South called The Y'all Show. So we'll look at some news stories posted at y'all.com and some fun stuff going on on the homepage of the South. All that right here. Reminder, you can text us 615-208-4184. You can email us mailmail at y'all.com. We'd love to get your feedback. Let's continue on with a few more headlines across the Southeast today. On this December 7th, a day that will live in infamy. We remember the attack on Pearl Harbor back in 1941. Today is Hanukkah, Our Hanukkah begins at sunset around the world as Jews mark a very special time of the Jewish year, the celebration of Hanukkah. It's Judaism's festival of lights, and on eight consecutive nightfalls, Jews gather with family and friends to light one additional candle in the menorah, a multi branched candlebra. And in Hebrew, Hanukkah means dedication, and the holiday marks the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem in the second century BC after a small group of Jewish fighters liberated it from occupying foreign forces. So, Hanukkah going on at sunset. The dates of the holiday are based on Hebrews' month of Keslev, which usually coincides with November and December in the Gregorian calendar. This year, Hanukkah celebrated from sunset December 7th through December the 15th. So if you're a Jew, a very special Hanukkah greeting from all of us to all y'all, and uh if you're not a Jew, just be aware that there are others who, this time of year, celebrate a special day in their religious life, and that's Hanukkah going on right now. And this is the perfect time for all of our Jewish friends to put on that Shalom Y'all shirt and let us know uh, that they're Jews, and they're, they're very proud, and, and I'm sure they respect the Christians who celebrate Christmas this time of year, and we can we can honor Hanukkah as well with the lighting of the menorah and city streets that you might see if you're in an area where there are many Jews gathered. And just say, Happy Hanukkah. I've got an hour number three today, a very fun feature from social media. Someone has posted Southern Jewish food for Hanukkah. And so, yeah, you can have some good Southern variations of Jewish food and we'll tell you about that coming up in Hour 3. So, um, Mazel Tov! <laughs> Mazel tov, y'all! Happy Hanukkah! Alright, continuing on with headlines today on this December 7th of the show that shakes the Southland. Sad story out of the state of Mississippi. An 11-year-old boy has been killed by his 12-year-old sister during what's called a tragic rabbit hunting accident in Jones County. This is Laurel, Mississippi. This is south mississippi is where this is located and this 11 year old boy accidentally shot by his older sister hunting rabbits saturday the siblings were hunting rabbits with their 19 year old stepbrother at their grandmother's house in jones county when this accident took place in the evening hours that's not a good idea to go out hunting at nighttime the victim had handed his sister a 22 caliber rifle so that she could shoot at a rabbit However, as she was taking aim, the boy got up and crossed her line of fire, and she pulled the trigger, ended up shooting him in the head, and sadly, he died. A, just a unfortunate, awful, awful incident in Jones County, Mississippi, where this sibling shoots and kills the other sibling this past weekend, rabbit hunting. hmm An update to a story from earlier in the year. Three Marines were found dead outside of a gas station in North Carolina. And now autopsy findings indicate that the three Marines died from carbon monoxide poisoning in this car parked outside the Pender County, North Carolina gas station. The sheriff's office there in eastern North Carolina said months ago that autopsies performed on the Lance Corporal's Tanner Kaltenberg, Mirax Dockery, and Yvonne Garcia that the autopsy findings showed that they died from poisoning, which can happen from a car exhaust. And now the latest reports coming in from the coroner said that there were no obvious signs of suicide, foul play, or drug use. I think it was an accident. I think they had a car that its exhaust was horrible. And that exhaust crept into this car, and these three Marines ended up being found dead the morning of July 23rd at this convenience store in Hampstead, North Carolina, and they died at the beginning of their adult life. They were driving a 2000 Lexus sedan that Garcia owned, and unfortunately, this 20-something-year-old car Killed him. Absolutely killed him. A report said one of the Marines had a 23% concentration of carbon monoxide in the Marines' blood. Mm. Terrible, terrible for these three Lance Corporals all dying tragically in an accident. A story out of the state of Georgia. A high school baseball player in Gainesville has now been declared brain dead after being hit in the head in a batting cage incident, according to reports out of Atlanta. Jeremy Medina was a pitcher and catcher for the Gainesville High Red Elephant baseball team. And unfortunately, he was hit in the head during this batting cage practice and now is considered brain dead. He's been in a coma since November 20th. And unfortunately, it looks like he's not going to make it. The hospital said his family would donate his organs when he got his driver's license. The young man opted to be an organ donor, and it's unclear when the organ donation process will take place. But a horrible story there northeast of Atlanta with this high school baseball player right at, I think, his senior year of high school in Gainesville, Georgia, killed or will ultimately succumb to his injuries from batting practice. Gainesville High School, the alma mater of one Deshaun Watson. In fact, Gainesville High School is located on Deshaun Watson Way in Hall County, Georgia. Mm. Here's a story to tell you about. A jury has acquitted a police officer in Maryland of murder and other charges. All this After the fatal shooting of a handcuffed man, Michael Owen Jr. acquitted on all charges, including second-degree murder for first-degree assault and voluntary manslaughter. Owen had served as a police officer for 10 years when he became the first officer in this upper Maryland county to be charged with murder in an on-duty killing. Owen shot 43-year-old William Green, while the handcuffed man was sitting in the front seat of the police officer's cruiser back in 2020. His attorney, the officer's attorney, claimed at trial that he acted in self-defense during a struggle in which the 43-year-old Green tried to grab his gun. But this officer in Maryland, in the town of Upper Upper Marlboro, Maryland, Acquitted this week. Also in our headlines today, I want to let you know about how three men have now been accused of stealing $100,000 in soda syrup. And this takes place in Oklahoma City. It's where this soda heist, as the article here says, fizzled out. Tough times when you're stealing soda soda syrup, but these three men now charged in connection with thousands of dollars worth of Dr. Pepper syrup, which they allegedly resold to the owner of a local gas station. The suspects accused of scheming to steal whole pallets of Dr. Pepper syrup from a Keurig Dr. Pepper facility in OKC and a representative of that company estimates that over $100,000 worth of pop Syrup (laughs) stolen here, and now folks like Jimmy Robinson II are going to have to pay for the crime. Robinson first caught breaking into the Keurig Dr. Pepper facility back in October by a security guard, and now he's going to have plenty of Dr. Pepper he can enjoy on tap in the local prison. $100,000 worth of the syrup that is used to make Dr. Pepper, and just so you know, if I make it big one day, if I ever have more money than I know what to do with, one of my life goals is to have on tap at my house, maybe even my office too, a really, really good fountain drink machine <laughs> with Dr. Pepper and Coke and Mount, I want them from all the different types of companies. I want wine on tap. I want Sundrop on tap. I want, I wish somebody made a really good tea that tasted like mama's homemade sweet tea. I still haven't found a dispenser that has that, or even a bottled tea that's quite that good. Now, Publix makes great tea. To their credit, the grocery store mucks, they make great tea. Milo's ain't bad. I know, I know. But that's just a goal that I've got. Maybe you've got the same goal one day. And maybe just to go back to childhood, it'd be nice to have a machine that you can push the button and get delicious chocolate milk. Mm. All right, how am I going to get past that story here in our headlines today? Let me tell you about the final version of the associated Press the AP is that no, no I'm not, sorry the AP in academic world I don't think is the Associated Press advanced placement that's what it stands for you know I took these I took a test oh well just a few years ago the final version of the AP African American Studies course has now ditched CRT in its curriculum and this latest version of the College Board's test ditching it as it has a heavy focus on critical race theory, and LBGTQ issues, but it is ditching some of that stuff, but keeping content on black feminism, and it's also keeping Colin Kaepernick in the curriculum. The final version of the college board's curriculum for the high school class unveiled Wednesday after nearly a year of friction between the college board and, in the case of Florida, its Department of Education. So... Maybe not so much about LGBTQ, but more about Colin Kaepernick. Let's let's all take a knee for that one. So, yes, uh, at some point, Ron DeSantis of Florida, the governor, has said, this course on black history, what's one of the lessons about queer theory? Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer history? That is somebody pushing an agenda. And, again, the course is black history and DeSantis was right. Why do they have all the LGBTQ stuff in a black history course? Maybe that should be a whole other course. But the college board working to come up with a different plan, and now this final version is leaving out some of the CRT stuff, critical race theory and other hot topic issues. But they're going to still teach the little ones all about Mr. I'm going to take a knee. Of the NFL. Speaking of the NFL, this one hurts to tell you, but the Carolina Panthers, who have since 1995 gone to Walford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina for their training camp, that is the alma mater of the Panthers founder Jerry Richardson. And Spartanburg rolled out the Carolina Panther blue and black carpet for them each summer when they'd show up there. And David Tepper, the embattled owner of this NFL franchise, announcing that the Panthers are going to move their training camp to Charlotte in 2024. They will not be going to Walford. And this is a tough blow to the upstate of South Carolina because it brought football to the Spartanburg and to the upstate area, and it made the Panthers feel like they were part of South Carolina. And here we go again. David Tepper ticking off the Palmetto State. And he's really done a good job of ticking off most of North Carolina because he's got a terrible product. He's got the worst NFL team out there at one and ten right now. Maybe one in eleven. I've lost count. He was building a billion dollar plus facility in Rock Hill, South Carolina that he just walked away from after sinking about seven hundred and something million dollars into it. For no reason. I mean this guy has lost his South Carolina marbles and he better not set foot in South Carolina anytime soon, which is tough to do since it's only about five miles from Charlotte. But uh Walford, sorry, Terrier fans, you're gonna unfortunately not have the Panthers. Not 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 there. Let's see here. There's a store that says the team plans to kick off the season with Fan Fest in South Carolina. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm not sure what what, what, what where they're going to do something like that, but they're moving the training camp out of Spartanburg. We've got some other South Carolina-related sports stories that we need to tell you about. Also a sports story out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, with the hiring of Derek Mason as the Blue Raiders coach. We'll give you a little bit more about that. In our final hour of the Y'all Show. But we'll take a time out here and continue on with other items of the day on this Y'all Show. When we come back, we will walk through some of the good festivals that will be taking place here. Some Christmas-themed events going on across Dixie this weekend. It's Christmas in Dixie. You know, I'm going to play that song when we come back. I haven't played it yet this year on the Y'all Show. And so we'll have... Lots of festivals. It's our Southern Travel Report that we call Festive South, and it is right ahead before the hour is up. I'm going to walk through a few awesome stories that have been posted at y'all.com, our presenting partner here on the y'all show, y'all.com. All that ahead, stay where you are.
1: Falling down Maybe down in Memphis Graceland's all in lights And in Atlanta, Georgia There's peace on earth tonight Christmas in Dixie. from Dixie
0: to everyone tonight A lot of you out there across the South, you don't really believe it's Christmas time until you hear Alabama singing that one on the radio. We're back here. It is the Y'all Show. It is Christmas in Dixie. And we're proud of it. We are proud of Dixie and we're proud of Christmas and we love our good good southern version of the yule tide. John Raw back here with you, the general of all things southern. And we've got time now on the y'all show to tell you all about some awesome Christmas related events going on over the next couple of days for this we're not quite mid December but we're pretty close to it here this weekend as you know, I still love that song because it shouts out all the different towns in the South, and you know, if you're a Southerner, you're especially growing up, hearing that song as a youngster, you're like, come on, Randy Owen, sing about my state, some someplace near me, and I've heard people before say they got so excited when they hear him say things like, in Jackson, Mississippi, oh, if you're a Mississippian, you love that line, and then At the end when they say, and from Fort Payne, Alabama. Uh, Okay, I'm not Randy Owen, but what a good, 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 good song from the 1980s for the group Alabama. Speaking of Alabama, maybe not in Fort Payne, but way down in Orange Beach this weekend. Here we go. Merry
1: Christmas. Merry Christmas to
0: All right, see? Told you that was a classic song. So back to Alabama, not the band, but the state. In Orange Beach, this weekend is the fourth annual Holidays on Main Festival. And that's at the Wharf in Orange Beach, AL. I still love seeing stickers out there that have the little orange and it says OB, the cute little acronym if you will for Orange Beach, Alabama and a lot of people are very proud to vacation in Orange Beach, Alabama and on that section of the lower Alabama coast because yes, Destin probably gets a little bit more attention for those of you who enjoy your Gulf Coast resorts and Gulf Coast escapes, but Orange Beach has its own its own way of life and so this weekend it's all about Christmas, and it's the fourth annual Holidays on Main Festival taking place at the Wharf as you get ready for Christmas to come in just a few weeks. And what a nice way to kick it all off in the heart of Dixie. In Eminence, Kentucky this weekend, it's the Dickens Christmas Festival, and that's at the Kentucky Renaissance Fair on Elm Street in Eminence, Kentucky, the Dickens Christmas festival. You can have a dickens of a time there in the bluegrass of Kentucky. Going on in Gaithersburg, Maryland this weekend, it's the Maryland Holiday Lights Festival in Gaithersburg, just outside of Washington, D.C. At the Montgomery County Fair on Perry Parkway, this is taking place Saturday. It is the Maryland Holiday Lights Festival. It'll brighten up your day. Going on this weekend, on the beach in North Carolina. It's the Cape Fear Festival of Trees at the North Carolina Aquarium at Fort Fisher. So that's a Civil War battle site, Fort Fisher. They've got the North Carolina Aquarium there, and all this is right there in the state of North Carolina on Cape Fear. The actual location is Cura Beach, North Carolina, and this historic area over On the Outer Banks, you can enjoy a good, good time with the Cape Fear Festival of Trees in the state of North Carolina. A Dickens of a Christmas is going to be held this weekend in Franklin, Tennessee, right in the middle of Franklin on 3rd Avenue North. It is the 38th annual Dickens of a Christmas taking place this year. And kudos to Williamson County for having this now for nearly 40 years The 38th annual Dickens of a Christmas in the lovely town of Franklin, Tennessee. That's Saturday and Sunday. Lots of cheer going on in Franklin. And a beautiful, beautiful town all year long. But boy, if you could see it at Christmas time, it's it's even more special. So check it out this weekend. Gulfport, Mississippi. It's the Gulfport Harbor Lights Winter Festival. And that's taking place on Jones Park Drive this weekend on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Check it out in the evening hours on Saturday as the Gulfport Harbor Lights Winter Festival takes place. If you're not familiar with Gulfport and its harbor, it is a massive, massive commerce and a big driver of commerce on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. There's a state port at Gulfport. And there are humongous ships that come in and dock in Gulfport, Mississippi, right next to Biloxi. And so this weekend, the harbor's going to light up in a big way as the Gulfport Harbor Lights Winter Festival takes place there in Harrison County, Mississippi, this weekend. Tallahassee, Florida, there in the state capital of the Sunshine State. I'm not sure if Ron DeSantis is going to come by and check it out, but he should. At Legacy at the riverfront there on Tennessee Street in Tallahassee, it is the Christmas Rock Festival. And that's taking place Saturday 5 until midnight in the Leon County seat of Tallahassee, Florida. Check it out. I know the Knolls there are pretty ticked off. They didn't make it into the college football playoff. But they've got a chance to rock it out at the Christmas Rock Festival. want to give credit to the Florida State Seminole football team. They did win the Atlantic Coast Conference Championship. They did finish the season undefeated, 13-0 and currently. So great job there. They're going to get a chance to play the Georgia Bulldogs in a really big bowl game against the Orange Bowl is where they're heading off to. So good luck there, Knowles. But I also have to give some love to the other college football team that plays in Tallahassee, Florida. Kudos to the Florida A&M Rattlers right there in Tallahassee. On the same day that the Knolls won the ACC, the Rattlers won the SWAC, beat Prairie View A&M, and now they get to go on to the bowl in Atlanta, the HBCU-type bowl in Atlanta. I guess it's called the Celebration Bowl, Heritage Bowl, something like that. And uh, they're going to be taking on, I think, Howard is the opponent when they get together. I think that's who they're playing. I just know they're in there in that bowl And good luck to the Rattlers. I had a chance to drive by their stadium a few months ago, and, man, it's a pretty big stadium there on the south side of Tallahassee. This weekend in Hannibal, Missouri, Mark Twain's hometown, it's the Victorian Festival of Christmas on Main Street in Hannibal. That takes place Sunday, and Monday is when this goes on when you head to Hannibal for this Victorian Festival of Christmas. I think Twain would be very impressed. In Oklahoma City this weekend it's the Hanukkah Festival twenty twenty three. That's Sunday, right when the sunset goes down and Hanukkah will continue on. Of course, Hanukkah begins this evening, December seventh, and lasts for eight evenings. But at the Scissortail Park on seventh street in the state capital of Oklahoma City this weekend, it is the Hanukkah Festival twenty twenty three for Oklahomans to enjoy. In Duluth, Georgia, how about this? Make plans. If you have nothing else going on Sunday, you got plenty of time to get to this town just to the northeast of Atlanta because Trans-Siberian Orchestra will be playing there. I've seen their schedule. They're going to be in a several different southern towns over the next few days. I think I saw – I don't want to get the day wrong – But I think it's sometime this weekend they're going to be in Columbia, South Carolina. They're going to be somewhere else in the South this weekend. But I know Trans-Siberian Orchestra will be in Duluth, Georgia Sunday afternoon for a performance at Gas South Arena on Sugarloaf Parkway in Duluth there in Gwinnett County, Georgia. And just like hearing Christmas and Dixie from Alabama each year, it ain't Christmas until you hear... Trans-Siberian Orchestra doing their all their crazy Christmas songs. And then you see the light shows where Trans-Siberian Orchestra has their music going and the lights light up the automated deal. It's, it's pretty Christmassy, you'd have to admit. Going on in Little Rock this weekend at the Little Rock Zoo in Arkansas. It is glow-wild December 2023. That's going on really all month long at the Little Rock Zoo on Zoo Drive, in Little Rock, but check it out. Glow wild and a beautiful lit up display there at the Little Rock Zoo if you can make it to the state capital of the natural state. Going on this weekend in Charleston, South Carolina. How about this one? A little bit different. Have you ever heard of Opletic? Opletic? Something like that. I am not Polish. So therefore, I am probably butchering this, but. Check it out this weekend in Charleston. On Saturday, it is the Polish Winter Festival called Opletyk, or Opletic, And it's going on on Wallenberg Boulevard in Charleston this weekend. The Polish Winter Festival. I knew there were people of all ethnicities in Charleston. I didn't know there were a lot of Polish folks. You know, there were... A lot of Germans that settled in Charleston way back before the American Revolution. And they all got kicked out of Charleston and sent way up, uh, up north to a place called Saxgatha, which is modern day Richland County, Lexington County, and even Orangeburg and Newberry County in the Midlands of South Carolina. They were kicked out by the king because there were too many Germans hanging out in Charleston way back in the 1760s and 70s and you know what that's where my people come from they got kicked out we were exiled yeah i kind of i kind of feel like other religions and such being exiled I, i'm a, have had a tough go of it y'all all right let me tell you about what's going on in texas this weekend i think these folks were kicked out of uh the, the the Swedens and Norways of the world way back in the day. It's the Texas Viking Festival, and it's taking place this weekend in Page, Texas at Valkyrie Ranch in Page, Texas. Oh, Vikings, skull, skull. That's going on in Texas weekend. Get your Viking on. In Wheeling, West Virginia this weekend, it's Oglebay's Winter Festival of Lights at the Oglebay Resort, in Wheeling, West Virginia. Head on up there to the panhandle of West Virginia and have a good time in Wheeling. It is the Oglebay's Winter Festival of Lights taking place this weekend. I want to let you know also that in Mandeville, Louisiana, this weekend, it is the Christmas Past Festival at the Old Mandeville Business Association, and that's on Girard Street in Mandeville, L.A. Enjoy Christmas Past in the Pelican State this weekend. Also want to let you know that coming up, as we have about two weeks after this weekend wraps up, two weeks exactly until Christmas arrives, that in Bedford, Virginia this weekend, it is the Bedford Festival of Trees at the Bedford Area Welcome Center on Berks Hill Road in Bedford, Virginia. So, wow, a festival, not just specifically to Christmas, but of trees. I'm sure there will be Christmas trees aplenty And you'll be able to see them all lit up and beautiful. But in Bedford, it is a festival of trees this December weekend. And that is a look at all the various festivals that we've got going on, most of which, of course, are Christmas-related. And I think you will all have a wonderful time when you make it out to our various southern festivals and have a good time. Just make sure you tell them, hey, that guy with the y'all show, John, told me all about it. And he said... Y'all have a pretty cool festival, and I'm going to come check it out. That, that's, what, that's what he said. Merry Christmas to all y'all from all of us here at the Y'all Show. Get out and enjoy a nice little escape with our great events across the southeast this weekend. When we come back, we're going to wrap up hour number two. We've got a look at what's on the pages of y'all.com, the South's homepage. We'll take a glance at that right after this. kind of like one of those presidential debates when you call somebody's name out they have a chance to respond at some point and in our previous segment i mentioned trans-siberian orchestra playing in duluth georgia on sunday and it just wouldn't be fair to bring up the name trans-siberian orchestra without you know without giving them a chance to be heard and just just a you know it's now officially christmas and it's it's very very much christmas When you hear Trans-Siberian Orchestra doing their thing on the radio, wow, check it out, y'all. hear that act i just want to go suit up in a football uniform and go knock somebody i just feel like a offensive lineman just in my inner self when i hear tso this time of year merry christmas everybody it's the y'all show we're going to wrap up this hour of our southern conversation with a quick look at what's going on on the pages of y'all.com because y'all.com is the South's homepage and if you go there right now Marshall Bone has been a busy bee he has penned several articles for y'all.com lately and his latest that we just got posted earlier this week is 7 Natural Ways to Tame Stress and if you go there right now at y'all.com you'll be able to learn how exercise meaty meditation as well as CBD oil and your diet are among some of the things that you can do to get that stress level down. You know, we we're at the holidays. No reason to be stressed out. Check out that article. It's absolutely free to view and learn at y'all.com. Marshall also pinned the brand-new article up called Everyday Style Ideas to Have on Your Radar in 2024. So check that out as he's got all kinds of neat tips there, like in, you know, dressing your inner child and you know, working on your hemline and more in 2024. It's everyday style ideas to have on your radar in the new year. That article from Marshall Bone. We got those articles up. We've got ways to soothe discomfort. A look at an Italian restaurant in Jackson, Mississippi, all on the homepage of the South. It's y'all.com, and I'm the publisher of it. So please heed my invitation and go check it out. It's the South's website it's y'all.com that concludes this hour of southern conversation y'all stay tuned in hour three Kiefer ingles him by to talk a little college football plus we've got some information about hanukkah and how you can have hanukkah food with a southern twist as part of our hashtag Hullabloe. all that ahead shalom It's the final hour of our Thursday, y'all, show on this day that will live in infamy, December 7th, the attack on Pearl Harbor back in 1941 on this day we will never forget. John Rawl is my name. I'm the General of all things Southern, and it is great to have you here as we have an exciting final hour. Kiefer Ingalls dropping by in just a few minutes. He'll be on to tell us a little bit about college football, the Army-Navy game going on this weekend. FCS playoffs continue. At least one team from the South doing quite well in the FCS playoffs. We'll tell you about those paladins in our report of college football ahead. And before the show ends today, we've got a look at hashtag Huddle Blue, some social media fun, and I've already let you know earlier in the show, one of the things we'll be talking about. It's Hanukkah food. Hanukkah food with a southern twist. So that's coming up. So you get your matzo balls deep fried, I guess, is is what they're going to tell us. We've got all that as part of our social media fund that we call Hashtag Blue All Ahead. If you want to be involved with the Y'all Show, you can email us any old time, mail at y'all.com. You can also text us on our 24 7 Text line that's open, 615-208-4184. We appreciate all of you who are catching us on radio. We appreciate all of those of you who catch us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, Apple Podcast, Apple iTunes, and at y'all.com. A quick look at the headlines from across the South today. Wanted to let you know that on Wednesday in Tuscaloosa, Republicans gathered for the fourth presidential debate as Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and Vivek Ramaswamy were the four folks up on stage. And in the end, I think all three of the, I guess, governors? Yeah, the governor's club up there, Christie, Haley, and DeSantis, those three did pretty well. Most pundits seem to think that Vivek Ramaswamy is heading his campaign right off a cliff. You can cast judgment however you want, but... It was an entertaining, entertaining debate. Ron DeSantis did what he had to do, I thought, and Chris Christie came out guns ablaze and A lot of the debate, Haley just sat back and let people talk about her. <sighs> All that going on while President Donald Trump nowhere near T town, as he was far away from Bama and raising money. And on the night before Tuesday, he was having a town hall in the state of Iowa. Sunset today, it is the start of Hanukkah. Stay tuned later this hour. We've got Hanukkah food with a southern twist that we'll be telling you about as part of our hashtag, Hullabaloo. Other headlines of the day, we want to let you know that the... State, let's see here, let's go back to South Carolina for some sports stories here. So I've already told you that the Carolina Panthers NFL team announcing that they're going to move their training camp back to Charlotte from Spartanburg, where they've had that since 1995. I actually attended the 2021 campaign, their training camp, the first kind of fan event there on the Walford campus and they did a great job there. It's a beautiful uh, college campus, Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Panthers have been a mainstay there, but now taking it as the owner of the Panthers, moving it back to the Queen City, which is rather boring. That's one story out of the Palmetto State to tell you about. Another story to tell you about, sadly, a legend in Clemson baseball lore. Doug Kingsmore has passed away, and Doug Kingsmore, actually his name Lent, on to the Clemson Baseball Stadium. That's the name of the stadium there for Clemson Baseball, Doug Kingsmore Stadium. And the all-ACC baseball player and businessman has passed away. He was a co-captain of the Tigers' first ACC championship team back in 1954 as he attended Clemson way back in the 1950s and hit a bunch of home runs and did a great job leading the Clemson Team He was from Union, South Carolina, and he later signed a pro contract with the Baltimore Orioles, but did not make it to the big leagues in a big way. After his playing career, he worked in business and was on the Clemson Board of Trustees for a dozen years, and he was inducted into the Clemson Hall of Fame in 1985. He died Tuesday in Greenville, South Carolina. Again, Doug Kingsmore Stadium, the name of the Clemson baseball facility, And its namesake, former Tiger All-ACC baseball player Doug Kingsmore, passing away. And I don't have an exact age for him, but he was somewhere around 90-ish, if I had to guess. Okay, another sad story out of the Palmetto State. Clemson's arch-rival is the South Carolina Gamecocks. And Gamecock Jesus has passed away. This was a devoted Gamecock fan his real name, Carlton Thompson, but he has died at the age of 70, and he was one of the most recognized Gamecock fans at every Gamecock sporting event. He would go to women's games, men's games, baseball, basketball, football. He kind of sort of looked like Jesus. He had the long beard. He would wave a Gamecock house flag at the baseline at basketball games, and even Dawn Staley, coach of the Gamecock women's team, had a quote for Gamecock Jesus. As she said, he was God-like. He walked the talk. He walked the talk of faith. He walked the walk of people, of a giver, of a carer. He had been battling prostate cancer for the last year and was not able to come to games. And so Dawn Staley saying she felt like a teammate was missing when he wasn't there. And remember, this guy was going to especially Dawn Staley's women's basketball games when she was a nobody, when she had a terrible program that she inherited. And she's taken that Gamecock basketball program to two national titles and probably would have been a third if not for COVID. And Gamecock Jesus, after a battle with pancreatic cancer, won't be waving that flag at sporting events anymore. And he really was sort of an icon for Gamecock fans to see him out there doing his thing at every event. I mean, it didn't matter if they were playing a Division Three team in women's basketball or it was an exhibition. This guy would be there. Be there pulling for those teams. And now getting praise from... All Gamecock Nation for his years of loyalty to the program. Carlton Thompson, Gamecock Jesus, dying in Columbia, South Carolina at the age of 70. Some positive news from the sports world. MTSU has hired a new football coach. It's a guy familiar with folks in Middle Tennessee, not necessarily the university there in Middle Tennessee, but the other university in Middle Tennessee that's pretty big. That would be Vanderbilt. Derek Mason guided the Vanderbilt Commodores for a number of years as he came to Vanderbilt after being an assistant at Stanford for a long time. And MTSU in Murfreesboro has hired Derek Mason, as he, at Vanderbilt, coached the Doors to 27 wins and 55 losses during a seven-year run there on West End. And now the Blue Raiders, after having Rick Stockstill coach that program for many, many years, I think 18 years perhaps was the tenure that Rick Stockstill had as head coach of Middle Tennessee State University. Stockstill let go after the conclusion of this season, And Derek Mason, who took a year off last year, is back in football as he becomes the 15th head coach in Middle Tennessee Blue Raider football history, wishing him well for this Conference USA team. And good luck, Coach Mason. Conference USA, by the way, has had a lot of changes, and they've had some additions. And kudos to a Conference USA member who's going to be playing In the Fiesta Bowl this year, that would be Liberty. Liberty has made it to a New Year's Six Bowl game, and they're going to be taking on Oregon out there in the desert. So it is possible for a program like MTSU to go from obscurity, which is kind of where they are right now since they haven't done all that well recently, to have a guy like Derek Mason take over the reins of the Blue Raiders, and uh, General Nat would be proud, and he'd be pulling them Blue Raiders to great success if he were still rooting them on there as the mascot of MTSU. I think his name was General Nat. If it wasn't General Nat, it was Colonel Nat. Uh, Blue Raiders got you a new football coach there in the borough. Good luck with Derek Mason guiding the ship. Other Tennessee news to tell you about. Just up the road from Murfreesboro in Davidson County, there has been a bill introduced by State Representative Jason Powell. He's out of Nashville. Powell introducing a bill to make Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree the official holiday song of Tennessee. And again, we told you earlier, this this song that Brenda Lee recorded back 65 years ago is the number one song on Billboard's chart right now. And and it's got a brand new music video out. And so this state representative, Jason Powell of the Nashville area, has filed House Bill 1613 that says Brenda Lee is a music icon and a true Tennessee treasure. Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree has spread holiday joy throughout the world for decades and we are proud her number one song was made in Nashville. I am thrilled to introduce my legislation to make the beloved Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee the first official holiday song of Tennessee. I look forward to passing Rockin' Around the Capitol Floor in 2024. (laughs) All right. The song was written by Johnny Marks and recorded at the Quonset Hut Studio by Owen Bradley. And I do believe that's the studio on 16th Avenue that ended up being Sony music forever. You know who told me about where the Quonset hut is? You can even still still see a very small portion of what was the Quonset hut. You can see that sort of curved shape of a Quonset hut if you go down the back alley of where Sony Records was in Nashville. You know who told me about that? Charlie Dick. I had a chance to interview Charlie Dick many years ago. And he said, that's over there. And he explained exactly where it was located. And if you're not familiar with Charlie Dick, that was the widower of the one and only Patsy Cline. And Charlie, I guess, saw Patsy Cline record at the Quonset Hut back in the early 1960s. So a a fantastic memory and a fantastic facility that produced so many great Records and good luck, Tennessee. If you can indeed get that past the official holiday song of the Volunteer State, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. I wonder who's going to be voting against that. Now, there are other good Christmas songs that connect to Tennessee, like Tennessee Christmas. Amy Grant and her ex husband Gary Chapman wrote that one. That's a fantastic Christmas song. I prefer the Steve Warner version of it, FYI. But that's a that's a good one. You know, they probably should add that one into the mix. You know, Tennessee's got the Tennessee Waltz as an official state song. I think even Rocky Top might even be a state song of Tennessee. I just know that Sweet Home Alabama is not a Tennessee state song. That I do know of. And lastly, hey, how about Cosmics? Have you heard of that? McDonald's is introducing a new chain and they're kind of testing it in Illinois, in Ronald, I guess right outside the gates of Ronald McDonald University is where this is being tested in the Chicago suburbs. But it is a spinoff of McDonald's called Cosmics, and it is a new concept that opens this week, and it's a limited test deal. It's a new small format beverage-led concept, according to Mickey D's. And it's a restaurant, the first of only a handful being opened in the U.S., inspired by nostalgia and powered by a menu of bold, refreshing beverages and tasty treats. Cosmics is lending landing, landing earthside for humans to enjoy. That's a PR, of course, statement from Mickey D's. But yeah, I can see where this might work. Have a very small food menu and lots of lots of drinks here. In fact I've got a is this a menu for cosmics? It looks like they, they have like a they do have actual food here. I was surprised at Cosmics, the McDonald's spinoff. You know, since we can't go up to Illinois right now, I better not tease you with this kind of junk food. But they got a lot of beverages. And you know, that McCafe Cafe thing they got at McDonald's has been a big, big boost for them, and I, I ain't going to fight McDonald's. They kind of. They kind of know what they're doing. I just don't want McDonald's to shut down like I'm reading, the beverage bar, and one day maybe even shutting down eating inside. That would be tragic for people like me. I I gotta have my McDees every now and then. Of course, I love all of my other Southern eateries. Just like I bet you you do. You know what? I also get a real big appetite for it's for Kiefer Ingalls to drop by the y'all show and feed us with college football information. You know what? The fella is going to do just that. When we come back, it's Army-Navy week. We'll get his take on that one. FCS playoffs going on. We'll get the latest from Division 1AA of college football and other college football news and moves and who's entered the transfer portal. We're about to have signing day in a couple of days for college football. It's a busy, busy time in the world of football, and Kiefer's going to help us make sense. If you've got a college football related question or comment feel free to hit us up right now on the show all about the south we're the y'all show and we'll be right back I think, Kiefer, you're over there saluting right now, aren't you? Yeah. All right, anchors away from the Navy. It's Army-Navy week here across the country, and I can't play that song without playing this one right here. You ready for this one? Let's get it. army navy week across the country we're back here on the y'all show i'm john joined by kifa ingles and we're, we're good getting, morning you know you say that every day and i don't want you to say that anymore well
3: it's 8 30 in the morning so there's not much else well to it say. could
0: be 8 30 at night when people are listening to this good so evening. you know just just say hello hey a what's simple going on? hello would work what's going on or you know let me also tell teach you about etiquette you, you got to talk to the microphone i'm talking to the mic you got to stay what's the problem over there you're I'm sitting sideways. Well, sit up straight. I mean, uh, I mean, come on now. What, is, what about this? How we saw, how that, we sounded? That's now? that's better. All I right. mean, I, I don't want to force you to have to talk to us. I'm, I, you're not forcing me. I'm sitting here willingly. Is it something about Army and Navy that's got you off your rocker? Uh, are we talking about the
3: both five and six teams that, <laughs> that have thrown for an average of 99 yards per game and 110 yards per game? Bottom two in the FBS.
0: Bottom two. Yeah, bottom two. Okay. Well, these, these two programs historically are running friendly. Indeed. They're not running too good either?
3: Oh, they're running all right, but they're not running too good. I mean, five and six on both sides of the ball. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'm. Last year was the first overtime game between the two teams ever, and they went to double overtime, so it was a pretty, pretty electric one last time. So I'm hoping we get a good, a good game this week. Well, was that a Navy win last year? I'm not
0: sure. I don't watch it. I don't watch this game. It, really? Nah. Oh, uh, it's a great – it's a great – Taste of college football after it's all over with. I went to a real military school, not one of them <laughs> them kind of schools. I don't watch them, but uh, no, that uh, it is a great tradition of college football, and we wish uh, whoever, Army
3: Army won last year's game twenty to seventeen double overtime.
0: All right, Army should have won. Mm-hmm. I think they were by far the favorite. In fact, Coach Ken Nia got fired yep. at the end of last year, and Navy's got them a new coach. Yeah, man, that
3: Navy had Kim whatever his name is for. Twenty years it seems like, yeah. for a long time, and uh, they fired him last year. And the I mean, they're just, it's this exact the new guy they brought in is the exact same coach, pretty much. They literally don't look a smidge different on the field.
0: That's the only FBS level game going on this weekend. Army Navy. You got bowl games starting next Saturday.
3: Indeed, indeed, it's going to be uh, you know much needed. I miss football already.
0: So, what do you think about? How things we had you on Monday, breaking down all the bowl games feedback. What what are you hearing, Mister College Football, Mister Pigskin Prognosticator?
3: <clears throat> I mean, you're seeing. We talked about all the bowl games on Monday, but the real story of the past week has been the transfer portal. Um, obviously, the Florida State snubs was the topic of discussion for Monday, but the Florida the uh, transfer portal has been very active. More
0: active this year than the last two years.
3: Yeah. So by today's date, last year. Um, or by today's date this year, we've had 470 more entries into the transfer portal than today's date last year. Hmm. So, you know, pretty significant increase.
0: And you're telling me about some players out there team up with other players, and it's like a package deal. Oh, ex- yeah. Ex- explain.
3: Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's their, these players are finding ways to create value for themselves and to create, you know, desire for them to come to your team. So the, the number one guy in the transfer portal right now is a, a defensive tackle from... Texas A&M Walter Nolan, he was you know the number one overall recruit coming out of high school, incredible player, but he's leaving Texas A&M, and they've also had like six other offensive and defensive linemen into the portal, two cornerbacks, a receiver. So Texas A&M is getting gashed right now, and a couple of these guys from A&M with Walter Nolan, they've pretty much come out and said they're a package deal. So I mean, whoever gets one's going to get. How well
0: it. did Nolan do this past year?
3: Uh, all the, he did great. All-SEC, first team.
0: And he was a freshman?
3: Uh, Sophomore.
0: Sophomore? Yeah. So he and his buddies that are also linemen? Yep. You're going to get a whole new line, basically? Pretty much.
3: The Ole Miss Rebels are high in the running. Oregon Ducks are high in the running for them. I think Um, I heard Tennessee was, too. Tennessee was. However, they're not anymore. How do you know? Well, that's just what the reports Walter are saying. Call man. you and tell you. I chatted with Mr. Nolan this morning. You know, we're we're trying to work out a pretty good deal on him to come on the station and talk about where he's going to be going. Um, however, it's probably not going to be Tennessee by all the reports this morning.
0: And here is a guy that may be the most heralded of the ones you're talking about that are package deals. I heard numbers. Do you mind sharing some of the numbers you're hearing? The, 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 the prices the price
3: yeah so the, I mean the the prices on some of these guys are nuts I mean last year you saw teams that weren't I guess they were a little hesitant to deploy all the nil funds you know maybe not sure how it would because even if you you buy an insane team you're not going to guarantee yourself in a fourteen playoff however with twelve teams it makes it a lot easier to get into that playoff and you're going to see some teams really spending some money this year Walter Nolan I expect him to get one point five million probably. He himself? Probably, yeah.
0: Per year? Yeah. What would a rookie in the NFL get these days? Uh, Depending on where they got drafted, but less than that. Even if they were a, a starter?
3: Uh, I mean, depending on where. It's all about where they got drafted. So you, know, you can
0: if, make as much money in college as in the NFL, right? Oh, yeah. Now, if you're really good.
3: Yeah, it just depends on, you know, it's all about situation. You if know, you got some guys that if are... If you're
0: really good or you go to Alabama... Well, I mean, I mean, the fifth string there gets a million a year. Is that right? Well, the third, they brought in a, a transfer guy that got a million. And uh, Are you serious?
3: Yeah. And he wound up, wound up not playing. <laughs> he actually transferred from Notre Dame to Alabama as a quarterback, and then he entered the transfer portal again from Alabama and entered the lacrosse transfer portal and went back to Notre Dame and is now playing lacrosse. I saw that headline. Yeah, That's... so it's, it's all about situation and, you know, if – This year, more than ever, if you've got guys that are going to the NFL or have a chance to go to the NFL, but you know, as a third, fourth, late-round draft pick, they're more benefit. The they have exceedingly more benefits to stay in college, especially if they're like a beloved by the fan player, because they're going to get that. They're going to get that bag from the college, and they're going to get money while they're in college and stay. And it's it's changing the landscape. It's awesome.
0: And it's the big headlines that you're seeing. I mean. For God's sakes, I'm sitting here looking at this story. Oklahoma State coach Mike Gundy's son, Gunner, yeah. has entered the transfer portal. Crazy. Was he on the OSU He OSU roster?
3: quarterback, I believe. Now, I don't know if he played, but...
0: He's had interest from Toledo and Eastern Michigan, so... So
3: probably didn't play.
0: The young mullet man... With a chance to transfer on to someone. So transfer
3: else. portal rankings, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good players. Walter Nolan's obviously the, the number one in there. Um Cam Ward, he's the Washington State quarterback. Um the quarterbacks, you know, if you're a quarterback in the transfer portal, expect to get a million dollars, especially if you're a good one. Like there's a, a bidding war going on for Mississippi State's quarterback Will Rogers right
0: now. Is that not insane? Well, other quarterbacks making news and transfer action. How about Van De Griff of Georgia transferring from UGA to UK? Yeah pretty big news coming out last night i mean how well is how good is he
3: uh i don't even think he saw the field but i mean he was a very highly touted recruit he's a great player all right so that's quarterback news i mean he was a four-star quarterback i mean coming out of high school he sat at georgia
0: i mean gotta be good We, we just mentioned oklahoma state last year spencer sanders transferred from stillwater to oxford yeah and was that because of money uh yeah, I mean they paid him four hundred eighty thousand dollars. Did they really? Yeah, he now, probably see, has I don't had know, ten snaps this year,
3: but he had zero snaps at uh, at Auburn, which is he was going to Auburn and we bought him. We ain't
0: no we. Well, so he, technically, so there he, is we. because I'm a donor. Wait, 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 wait a minute. He was going to go to Auburn, indeed, in the transfer portal, indeed, and then, but they weren't willing to put money up for him. Well, they were willing to put money up, but not that much. And we're, Ole Miss was willing to put up enough to keep him from going there. So you just let the cat out of the bag. You're one of these idiots that are paying money into these donor funds. What are they called? I mean, they got a fancy little name. The Grove Collective would be The collective. Yes. Yeah. So that's for that one school uh, collective. So, indeed, how does that differ from the old days where we got to get money for scholarships? Do you even care about scholarships now? No, as a donor. No. Okay. Why would I? Do you get all kind of perks for being part of a collective? Did they give you Pretty a special perks, yeah. a special sticker to put on your car? Do you have yes. you have a special parking place? Now, <laughs> to get that parking
3: place at some universities along the uh, Highway Six down there in Mississippi, it's very expensive. So no, no parking parking spot uh, pros
0: there. But you're they're 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 happy that you're given to this. Is it tax deductible? It is not tax deductible. Ah, so that's the difference maybe between that and a the- scholarship
3: fund. Yes. Okay. So scholarship funds would be tax deductible. This collective now.
0: So you're just giving money. Yep. For people to come sit on the bench. <laughs> Maybe. I yeah. mean, whatever they, whatever they see fit, man. Yeah. All right. But it makes you feel good. Makes me feel good. All right. So there, there's no limit on these
3: collectives, right? I mean, just the limit of donations coming in. I mean, that's it. There's so, no limit to the amount of donations, but you're limited to the amount that you get in. You can't just spend more than you
0: got. Right. But I mean, there's not like a NCAA organization saying certain collective you're maxed out at $50 million. Negative. Negative. So
3: the Ole Miss collective sitting at like twelve and a half million right now. The Mississippi State collective sitting at about five million right now. Um, you're seeing Tennessee sitting at like seven. All these seventeen. All these.
0: Who's scores. got the best?
3: The highest payouts um, last year. Let's just look that up.
0: Yeah, please do. We're talking with Kiefer Ingalls here on the Y'all Show, a little college football talk and more. As you only have the one football game between Army and Navy on the FBS level. We're going to talk FCS playoffs here in a second with Kiefer. But the collective that these schools now have and the money raised just to literally pay players to come suit up for the respective university, in my opinion, completely out of control. Just stop calling it college football.
3: Completely out of control? What do you
0: mean? Yeah. It's not college football. This is professional football.
3: Uh, Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, Well, I know. I mean, we saw for years, you know, these schools bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars in profit solely off the football programs, and uh, it wasn't going to the student. Wasn't going to students, and it's still not. And I think that's how they should have done it. Versus the NIL, they should have, you know, done a revenue share with the with the athletes instead of, you know, they're still getting the revenue. Hmm. The athletes are now having to go find their own sources of these sponsorship deals. I wish they would have done a ref share with the, with the schools, but that's just me.
0: This is not just for college football. There are folks making money off the NILs in various sports. I heard not long ago a college golfer got $100,000 oh, to yeah. go to Alabama because Callaway has some kind of deal, NL, NL, NIL, with Alabama, and this kid got $100,000 to go be a freshman golfer.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's insanity. Allegedly. It's insanity. It's awesome, though. It's good for that kid.
0: Yeah. Maybe so. Have you found that information? I'm looking
3: for the, the... There's no one that's putting them all together. There's player rankings and the the so, ones that... So
0: Texas A&M is notorious for having money. Yes. So how could they let a guy like Nolan get out of there well, if they got so much you're seeing, money?
3: You're seeing these guys come on their Instagram stories and Twitters and come out and saying that they never got paid anything. Oh. Yeah. So now why are there so many leaving from Texas A&M when apparently they were getting huge bags to get there?
0: Well, let me ask you. When NIL first was approved by the Supreme Court, the the way I read it was that you got paid, yes, but you got paid to, to do something, maybe be a spokesperson, maybe to wear something for that particular sponsor. Yeah, that's still how it is. Well, it sounds to me like now it's, hey, let's just go get the kefers of the world to give us a bunch of money, and then we're just going to... That's what the perks are for.
3: Dish it out. So the perks are for. You give it up, you you know, you get... You meet these players. You meet. You have dinner with them. It's like there's perks Have you to met
0: players? Now you got to donate a large amount to it. So people like you are just giving money with nothing in return. I wouldn't say nothing, but yeah. Yeah, I th- I'd say nothing. You're a nothing. I guess. Yes, you are. But for whatever amount of money, you should be able to get them to say, you know, kind of like a George Santos cameo video, Hey, Kiefer, oh, yeah. hey, Kiefer happy birthday. Yeah, that happens. Oh, does it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
3: I got one of Ulysses Bentley wishing me happy birthday. You want to see
0: it? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I don't believe you. You got it on your phone? Yeah, I should. You should? Yeah, play it. Uh, Play it for me. Because I I don't believe you. I I don't even know who Ulysses Bentley is. Is that Ulysses Grant's son? Uh, No. running back. All right. We got a text here that I will hopefully be able to read. texter says, Hold on now. College football pays for women college sports. If you pay the college football player men, how's the women going to have any sports in college? That's what the texter has sent in here to us at the Y'all Show.
3: Well, I mean, that's crazy talk. I mean, the highest paid NIL athlete's a woman. LSU? Yeah. What's her name? Livy Dunn.
0: Mm. Okay.
3: Yeah, I mean, she's making like $6 million this year. So, I mean... I don't understand the question,
0: I guess. I guess they feel sorry for women, but you just said that Libby is the highest paid NIL recipient right now at LSU. If you're a, a female athlete three
3: point two million, my apologies. Who? Libby. She makes that? Yeah, three point two Arch Manning makes two point nine,
0: so she makes more than Arch Manning? Hmm. Kayla
3: Williams, Travis Hunter, you name it. The only ones more than her? Let's see. Bronny James.
0: Oh, at USC as a basketball player? How much does he make? 6.1. 6.1, and he's hardly even played basketball. Well, he
3: hasn't. He had a heart attack and hasn't played yet.
0: (laughs) That would kind of get in the way. Yeah,
3: I mean, he's cleared now, though, so I believe once conference play starts for USC, um, Bronny James will be back suited up. Or he is suited up. He's just not on the court.
0: This is just out of control, Keeper. I'm going to have to have you stop coming in here. You tick me off every time you come in here.
3: I mean, we can make arrangements, but uh, we'll have to – Adjust some contracts.
0: Okay. <laughs> I might have to get you signed to our own NIL.
3: Uh, that's something I wanted to do. I want I want an NIL athlete. I want to sponsor one. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I tried. I tried. Uh, what about Libby? I mean, I don't know if I've got a bank account big enough to sponsor her.
0: <sighs> we'll see what we can do. I, I've, there are some I – mean, an official y'all athlete. There you go. I mean, I've got a niece who is a Division One athlete at Maybe an ACC did. school. You think I could very
3: a very accomplished athlete?
0: Yeah, Yeah. champion. Yeah, you think you you think she'd sign with me? I mean, I don't see why not. She should. I don't think she's got any deals. Of course, hit her with
3: a two hundred fifty dollars a month. You got to wear a y'all hat and every. She
0: she made me make some years ago. Uh, I had already had y'all hats, and she said that she was just a you know twelve year old kid. She's like, I wish you had some of these in like the bright green color. So guess what? I went and got bright green y'all hats made. It's a good uncle right there. Yeah, and I don't think she wears it with her orange and purple that she wears out on the golf course. Kiefer, let's talk a little FCS playoffs this oh, weekend. Yeah. I hope to see you in Missoula because that's where the Furman Paladins will be taking on the Montana Grizz as you've got a quarterfinal of the FCS Championship. Furman knocking off the Chattanooga Mox last yep. week.
3: And we knew that was like, we knew that was coming, man. The Paladins are a great football team.
0: They are good. I think we said that last week. Didn't we say that uh, – Clay Hendricks done a good job there in Greenville indeed. with the Paladins. And that should be a close contest. Check it out. Well,
3: I don't know, man. They've got Montana favored by
0: 17. ESPN 2 is going to have that one. That's a Friday night contest between Furman and – Montana. Saturday, the Villanova Wildcats, they will be out in South Dakota. They're going to be taking on the Jackrabbits of SDSU. North Dakota State got a big win last week. I think they played... Montana State. Montana State, that's right. I watched some of that. North Dakota State is going to be taking on South Dakota. Overtime
3: game for them last week, I believe. Yeah.
0: The Coyotes having North Dakota State come in to Vermilion, South Dakota, which is like three miles from the Nebraska border. The We've University never of South been, never Dakota. been
3: through vermilion. Where's the Corn Palace out there?
0: Cow Palace, Corn Palace? Corn Palace. Corn? You know I, that's out? I, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, Northern Iowa. Maybe. I don't know. Don't ask me. U- University of Albany is going to be. Mitchell, South o- Dakota. Okay. Right. Sorry. The <laughs> Idaho Vandals and the University of Albany get together in Moscow, Idaho this weekend. That's the other FCS championship game taking place this weekend. The Kibby Dome. Yep. You got. The final eight in that particular sport, college football, FCS level. Got another text here. Let's see if I can decipher it real quick. According to the American Council of Education, the notion that college sports makes money is a myth. Even when football does turn a profit, that money often goes to cover expenses associated with other sports.
3: Yeah, there's only a... Uh,
0: Thank you, Texter.
3: Yeah, so that does clarify that original question. So the... The Yes, in a majority of programs around the country, football programs are the only profitable sport. So you've got, and that's not just, you know, that's across the board the only prof- profitable sport. In some instances, you've got where your basketball programs are profitable, up in the, like some Big Ten schools and the East Coast things, but majority of the time, football is the moneymaker. Some SEC schools, you got, you know, baseball is the money, you know, is, a, is one of their only other pro- profitable sports. So it's not just women's sports that are getting propped up by football. It's all the other men's sports as well. Um, But thank God they got football because if some of these schools didn't have football, there is no telling what those campuses would look like.
0: Men's college football pays for female sports in college. That's what this texter just says.
3: Yeah, it pays for all sports.
0: Don't hold back, sir
3: i not. I <laughs> for all sports.
0: Uh, I got you. Kiefer Ingalls. How about those schools that don't even have football programs? Yeah, those
3: are the schools you don't want to go to. I went to one for two
0: years. and oh, that um, work out it for It was
3: you. terrible, man. It was terrible. <laughs> I mean, even even your low-tier schools, your FCS schools, the football programs, they do a lot for them.
0: How about that? We love football, don't we? Kiefer, always good to talk to you. And um, Where's that birthday greeting? I don't have it on me. I not not, to get it from the computer. You're making way too much money if you're paying these daggum. You're the problem. Listen, man, listen. If it was tax deductible, it would make a lot more sense.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but it's not.
0: All right, Kiefer. I hope your team. Well, I guess your money's paying off. Your your particular team's heading to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl. So. Hey,
3: and you know perks to perks to being an NIL donor. You know. Early access to tickets and got me some go ones. Oh, so there you go.
0: That's how you got those tickets. Uh, you got a pretty good setup here for the Peach Bowl. I
3: think it may be the best setup possible. I think it's the best seats in the house. Is
0: that right? <laughs> yeah. Man. We're rolling big with Kiefer Ingalls. All right. Well, we'll look forward to having you back on. We got bowls to talk about next week, Indeed, like, we do. like the ones that are happening next weekend. Kiefer, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me, my man. And show me the money. We're going to wrap this. Y'all show up talking about Jewish food as Hanukkah begins tonight. Jewish food with a little Southern twist. That's coming right up on y'all. Okay.
3: <laughs> This is a song that, uh, there's a lot of Christmas songs out there, and uh, not too many Hanukkah
1: songs, so, uh, (laughs) wrote a a song for all those nice little Jewish kids who don't get to hear any Hanukkah songs. Here we go. Hanukkah Hanukkah is A festival of lights Instead of one day of presents We have eight crazy nights When you feel like the only kid in town Without a Christmas tree Here's a list of people who are Jewish, just like you and me. <laughs> David Lee Roth lights the menorah. So do James Conkirk Douglas and the late Shore. Guess who eats together
0: at the car? It is Hanukkah 2023, and Adam Sandler with the perfect Hanukkah song. You know, sadly, that's the only Hanukkah song I know. Well, at least that's in popular culture, at least a hilarious take on the holiday that begins today. We're back here on the Y'all Show, wrapping up this hour of the program about the South. And to our Jewish friends who are celebrating Hanukkah as it begins at sundown today. Hanukkah lasting until Friday, December 15th. So enjoy the festival of lights. As Adam Sandler just said, eight crazy nights that you can enjoy and Jews have been a major part of the south since the south's founding or settlement if you will. Back in the back in the colonial days and more and we want to remember that there is an article that has been brought to our attention and it comes to us from TC Jew folk who has a podcast called what is it called Southern Jewish food is more than you think from Rachel Barnett and Lisa Harvey and this again is a podcast out that you can check out if you have podcast check it out the Southern Jewish food podcast available right now and Wanted to give you an idea of the great variety of food that Jews enjoy during Hanukkah. And with a southern twist, you can find this this podcast from Lisa Harvey and Rachel Barnett. Adam Sandler would be very proud, I'm sure, if he knew about that. I'm thinking matzo balls deep fried, one of the good additions. So happy Hanukkah again. Eight crazy nights going on. And you can enjoy that across the Southeast if you're of the Jewish faith until, again, Friday, December the 15th. That wraps up our Y'all Show here on this Thursday. Thank you so much. Again, thanks to Kiefer Ingalls for dropping by. We will be back with you on Friday for a lot of Southern fun as the Y'all Show continues on. Y'all.com is our website. Happy Hanukkah and an early Merry Christmas to all y'all.
1: Oh, Monica on this lovely